The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Showtime! Hey guys, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for choosing to join us once again. For today's episode, which is Season 2, Episode 23, we'll be taking a look at the first five songs on another one of Garth's cover albums from Blame It All on My Roots. This time we'll be discussing his classic rock cover album. We truly appreciate you checking in with us again to talk about Garth. So let's get right to it. Garth released his classic rock cover album as part of the Blame It All on My Roots Five Decades of Influences box set. As discussed in previous episodes, this is an eight-disc set and was released on Garth's Pearl Records on November 28, 2013. The set included 77 songs on six discs plus two DVDs. The newly recorded items in this set included four music CDs of songs that influenced Garth's life growing up a country classics album, a blue-eyed soul album, a melting pot album, and a classic rock album. We covered the country classics CD in Season 1, Episode 8. We reviewed the blue-eyed soul CD in Season 2, Episode 1. So if you haven't already listened to those episodes, be sure and download them when you're done with this one. We'll talk about the melting pot CD in a future episode. For today's episode, we will discuss only the first five songs on his classic rock cover album. To start us off, let's go to Jess, who has song number one. Song number one is Against the Wind. I remember what she said to me How she swore that it never would end Remember how she held me for so tight Wish I didn't know now Against the Wind was written by Bob Seger and performed by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. It was from the 1980 album Against the Wind. It was released as the second single from the album in April of that year and peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100. Glenn Fry from the Eagles sang background vocals on the original version, which I didn't know. And Bob Seger says the songs about trying to move ahead, keeping your sanity and integrity at the same time. He's also said, I always say it's human nature that people are going to love you sometimes and they're going to use you sometimes. Knowing the difference between when people are using you and when people truly care about you, that's what Against the Wind is all about. The people in that song have weathered the storm and it's made them much better that they've been able to do it and maintain whatever relationship to get through is a real victory. Also, he has been quoted as saying, wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then bothered him for a while, but that everyone he knew loved it. So he left the line in. This song has been covered several times and was featured in the movie Forrest Gump. I didn't really remember that, but it played, I guess, uh, when he was running cross country, when it was playing like all the montage of songs and 
I can kind of see it in my head now having having read that. Garth calls Against the Wind one of the best written songs ever, which I think is a huge compliment. I mean, think of all the songs that have crossed Garth's desk over the years that he's recorded or he hasn't, and he says one of the best written songs ever. Alan Reynolds, longtime producer and friend of Garth, always told him, just talk to me about recording a vocal. And so Garth says the goal of any vocal is to get inside the listener. And so he's he's talking to them. He's telling a story. He's really trying to kind of be there with the person who's listening. And I think that comes across in the song. He says that Seeger always speaks to him. And back when he was a teenager and even now that Bob Seeger is the definition of timeless for him. Garth has been quoted as saying, for me, the lyric, melody, and delivery of this song make it the soundtrack of my life. I agree, Garth. The song makes me think of like summertime, being stretched out on a blanket in the sunshine with my eyes closed, maybe being at the lake, just laying there drying off as a kid. I love this song, so I love that Garth didn't change it a lot in his version. Some songs work, I think, when they're totally different than what you expect, but some of them are so classic, it's really hard to kind of stomach when somebody changes it a lot, but I think he did a good blend. It has a very easy feeling, um, like windows down, cruising, just thinking about life, not being in a hurry. The line, I'm older now, but still running against the wind. I love how, like Garth said, the song kind of spans your life if you apply it to yourself. I think that that makes it very attainable and universal to everyone who listens to it. And I'm really glad this one made made the cut for the album. How do you feel about this one, Pete? Yeah, my thoughts on Against the Wind are very, very simple. I love Seeger's version of the song, but I just can't get enough of Garth singing it. In the different settings that I've seen him you know, sing it at, uh, when the Gershwin Award and in the Wind show, I just can't get enough of Garth singing it. It's another song that Garth has done that made me fall in love with an entirely new genre of music that I wouldn't have normally listened to. And it's country, but it's classic rock. And it just grabs me and pulls me into the song. The lyrics, it does. It puts you in that space, you know, next to a lake or on the beach or just hanging out with a bunch of friends, you know, around a campfire. This is one of those songs that everybody knows the words to. And everybody just enjoys singing it. Seeger also, he did a cover with Al Dean on a CMT show that they did. And I listened to it and I compared him. And, you know, I might be biased because it's Garth and it's, it's Al Dean, who I love a lot. I mean, I love Al Dean's music. But when Garth does this one, it's special, in my opinion. I just love, love the song. I can't get enough of it. It's on uh, my favorite playlist. It comes on. You know, once on the golf course this morning, I was playing golf and it came on and it's just one of those you're supposed to be quiet. Not me. I turn that phone all the way up and I'll (laughs) listen to it. I don't even care. But uh, yeah, I love it. How about you, Auntie? What do you got for this one? So I'm going to preface my discussion of this album with of the four cover albums that are included in this set. This album is my absolute favorite. I love the versions that Garth has put together for this album. I love the majority of the songs on it. Same. I love the original version of this song so much, and I often struggle with covers of songs that I love the original on. But Garth's version of Against the Wind is so solid, and it's such a solid tribute to Bob Seger's classic that I like it. I I went into these expecting to like all of the originals more than Garth's cover, 
But on this one, I like it as much as the original. I think Garth's vocals here are the best example of a well-done cover. His range fits the Seeger tune impeccably. His voice is gravelly and strong. The music in it is excellent. And this song in particular is one of my favorites on this classic rock cover album that I love so much. So that's my thoughts on it. I love it. I think it could not have been done better. Well, I think we all agree on that one then, that we all love it. So let's go into number two and see if we all agree on that one. Pete, what do you got for us? Yeah, I get song number two off the classic cover album, and it's Superstition. Superstition was written by Stevie Wonder and released in October of 1972. This cover by Garth is a lot of fun if you ask me. The instruments in the background are so loud and in your face. And to me, that just grabs my attention. Those kinds of things will grab me and suck me right into a song. In the Wind special we covered, we talked about how Garth says he is the squarest, whitest guy there. And he makes this face and I crack up every single time I see him do it. And when I listen to him sing this song on the album, all I can think about is him in the studio just giving that square white guy face. And it's hard to listen to the lyrics because it's all I can see. Like, I literally could see Garth trying to sing this song with that replaying that in my head about that whitest, squarest white guy that he has. Uh, I can tell you, I had a lot of fun with this one. The lyrics in it, again, it's, it's a song that I wouldn't normally have listened to before. But it just seemed like when Garth did it, I heard it a couple times, and now I know every word to it. The vocal range as well, it, from low to high in Garth's voice, it really seemed like he did have a lot of fun with this one. And it's one of the most iconic songs of all times. I, you could say so many different things about these songs because, like I said, it's a different genre. Now you've got somebody who's covering it. The song obviously did what it did with Stevie Wonder. And then the song has withstood the test of time. And now for somebody like Garth to come through and then re-record it and cover it, it, it just shows you like, you know, Garth always says like a, a good song will do that. It will withstand the test of time. And I think this is one of them that, you know, even us now, you know, maybe our kids will obviously fall in love with it as well, whether it's, you know, the original version or, or another cover version, Garth's cover version, it'll, it'll continue to be there for a long time to come. Deb, what are your thoughts? That's a really good point. I mean, Garth, by doing these cover songs, is helping them to live on. Whether it be, you know, his fans listening to them and then introducing it to their kids. So that's really cool. I hadn't thought of it that way. I do remember when I heard this song the first time, I remember being surprised that Garth covered it. And it's, I guess it's because it's not something I would have imagined him covering. It just doesn't see like I could see that he. Grew up singing it. I mean, we all did. And especially Garth and I are close to the same age. And so I grew up listening to this song. And so I'm sure he did too. But I'm still surprised he put it on an album. That's my very first note. My Is first it? note on this was, <laughs> it's not a style of music I would ever associate with Garth. But <laughs> right? so funny. 
<laughs> it's yeah. I mean, he did a really good job with it. I would have never expected it, but his vocals are gritty on the on certain parts. But he also hits the higher notes more than I would have expected in other sections of the song. And it's a funky version of this funky song, but it it's from Garth. <laughs> you know, it's just so unusual. And so it gets me moving whenever it comes on, whether it's the original or Garth's cover. Uh, my shoulders just start moving of their own accord. I don't have a choice. There's nothing I can do to stop them. That's just how it is. So I'm glad he did it. It's not something I would have expected, but I do like it. He did a good job. So besides being similar to mine, Jess, in that way, what else do you have? Like I said, I do think it it took me by surprise because I didn't expect this from him. That being said, I know how he loves soul and this song definitely does have that. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I would be surprised he would like it. I was just surprised he covered it. I don't know the original well enough to hear any major differences in the music or arrangement if there are any. I mean, I know the song, but not the minutia of it enough to pick out like the instrumental differences. Um, It seems very similar to me. I like like all of the covers that he's done when he gets really into it, like then I'm more into it. So on the the line that says seven years of bad luck, there's like a little riff there. And I, I love that. And I can absolutely hear shades of white flag for those of you that are familiar with the Chris Gaines album, like my ear picked that up. And I was like, what does it remind me of? And it was that song. Uh, <laughs> I had to laugh because I just kept picturing Garth like, strutting down a sidewalk dressed in 70s garb and like a grainy <laughs> video while I was listening to it. And it was the most hilarious visual that I could ever picture. But I, I really enjoyed it. And I think he did a good job with this version while again, not changing it too much. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you guys like talk about being a surprise about, you know, Garth covering it. And I guess I guess at the same time, I really started doing the research on it and the time that I put it on the playlist, uh, this album, it was also after maybe I had saw the wind, you know, once or twice. I haven't seen it many more times than that, but only a thousand. <laughs> he talks about his mom really enjoying this style of music and, you know, he gets into it and sings it. So I guess it, was, it wasn't as a big of a surprise that he would have covered a song like this and put it on the album because, I mean, he just like you could tell how much of that music. Uh, meant to his mom and then in return how much it influenced him so all right well that'll do it for song number two andy what do you got for song number three yes back to me for song number three and it is sweet home alabama Sweet Home Alabama was originally released in 1974 by Leonard Skinnerd and was written by its members Ed King, Gary Rosington, and Ronnie Van Zant. So in case you guys haven't listened to past episodes, I am the youngest of seven kids, close in age to Garth, and my brothers and sisters listened to this song all the time in 1974. <laughs> so needless to say, I am well-versed in the original. Those first few notes come on, and I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. I love it. And it's funny how you can grow up singing every word to a song, 
but never actually thinking about what the lyrics meant. I was surprised when researching this to find that Leonard Skinnerd was kind of clapping back at Neil Young when they name-checked him in this song. They were referencing back to some lines in a couple of Neil's previous songs, and that just made me think, I've been singing these words for years and years and years, never realizing what it was really about. So that just got me in researching it, which is another reason why I love this podcast. I never would have researched this song if it wasn't for this podcast. And so that was a really cool thing that I came across. It was just, I've learned something new. I like to learn new things, and there it was. So I really like Garth's cover of this song a lot. I mean, the original will always be my favorite because I love the original of this song. However, I do think that Garth does a really good job with it. His vocals are strong. The music is just classic music. Like I said, it comes on and you know this song instantly. The first few notes hit and we all know what song it is. And so I love that. Garth Spann does a great job. And then the other thing, going over to Pete. So this song is from a classic rom-com that I bet you haven't seen, have you? Um, if we're talking about Hope Floats, I, 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 I. No, it's oh, okay, not good. Hope Floats. It's called Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. I can't I'm believe not... we found another one. I got another movie, right? It's some dude cruising around on a dirt road and a T-bird, right? That's got to be it. That's what I get from it. <laughs> no. Nope. Haven't seen it. Well, there's another one to add to the list. I think we're four or five strong now. I've given up on the list. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jess, what are your thoughts on this song? Well, I, along with everyone else on the planet who has good taste in music, love this song. So I was thrilled to see this one on the track list when I first heard this album. And like you said, the opening notes are iconic. As soon as it starts to play, everyone knows this song and is like, you know, ready for it, turns it up a little bit. The original will always be my favorite, but this is a very solid version, and I I do really enjoy it every time it comes on. I have just as much fun with this version as I do with the original when it comes on. You must turn it up. You must bob your head. If you're driving, you must press down the accelerator a little bit harder or set your cruise control so you don't get in trouble, one or the other. <laughs> but I, I absolutely, I love the original, but I can equally listen to this one and enjoy it just as much. How about you, Pete? It's crazy how one song will make three people have the exact same notes yeah. that we're going to talk about. Because I, my notes, like I absolutely love everything about this very well-known song. I go straight for the volume button and I turn it up as loud as I can as soon as you f- hear the first iconic chords of the song. I mean, you know what the song is. This is a, a classic like rock song. I mean, it, I don't know that it gets any better than it. Garth really shows his range uh, of grit in the vocals here, and he gets like he gets how to make the song his own while keeping it very classic, like to the original. But I again, I have to admit something as well, and I wrote it in the notes. I love Garth's version, but there's just something about Leonard Skinner's version to me that just seems so natural. I know it's a, a great song with a badass lyric behind it, and I play it loud every time. Like I, I will always love the original. I can listen to Garth if I was never able to. L- listen to the original again, but I don't know that one gets better than, than the original cut. It's a good one. I love it. Yeah. I get that about the original. I'm with you. 
So let's go over to Jess for song number four. All right, guys. Song number four is Life in the Fast Lane. Life in the Fast Lane was written by Joe Walsh, Glenn Fry, and Don Henley of the Eagles fame. It was recorded by them on their 1976 studio album, Hotel California, and it was the third single released from this album on May 3rd, 1977, and peaked at number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100. This song talks about a couple that takes their life to extremes, living life on the edge and pushing everything to the limit. Glenn Fry once revealed that the title came to him one day while he was riding on the freeway with a drug dealer known as the Count. Yes, this is rad. <laughs> right? Apparently, he asked the guy to slow down, and the man's response was, what do you mean? It's life in the fast lane. In the same interview, he said that Joe Walsh came up with the song's core riff and played it one day while the band was warming up in rehearsals, and they told him to keep it because it was going to be a song. Don Henley agreed. He said, this song actually sprang from the opening guitar riff. One day at rehearsal, Joe just busted out that crazy riff. And I said, what the hell is that? We've got to figure out how to make a song out of that. So Don Henley and Glenn Fry, being the primary lyricist for the band, actually went on to write the lyrics for the song after that. Rolling Stone rated it as the Eagles' eighth greatest song, but Garth calls it his favorite rock song of all time, which is a much higher honor, I think. (laughs) (laughs) He says uh, the Hotel California album was the backdrop to his first working summer, where his brother would drive him to work because he was only 14. He says he dug ditches, laid water pipe, and installed water meters. And having grown up in Oklahoma, in our heat and humidity, I can tell you that is some hard work he was doing. Uh, He also says he had football practice twice a day on those long summer days, but made sure there was enough time to take a quick drive past the city pool to check out the girls. He said memories of that summer filled his mind every time they worked on this song. And I hate to keep harping on intros, but all of these songs are so recognizable just by the opening notes because they are like, he really did pick classics. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love that when they come on the radio, you know, immediately, you know, it gives you those notes to kind of prepare yourself. And like you said, get the volume turned up and everything. This is the music that my parents were listening to when I was growing up. So I definitely have fond memories associated with the Eagles music in general. And it wasn't new then, but it's like stuff that they were playing over. So if we were camping at Memorial Day or Labor Day weekend or whatever, this was the music playing in the background all weekend because everyone agreed on it. You know, like nobody was going to complain about this music. Nobody grumbled about the Eagles being on. So I really feel like Garth's voice really fits this song well. He could have easily been born a little earlier and made a career out of performing this type of music, I think. Like if he had decided, I'm going to do this genre instead of country music, I think he could have been equally successful. What do you think about it, Pete? How do you feel about this song? I really don't have a lot to say about this song. I wasn't big into classic rock, but this song, I knew it before Garth covered it, and I obviously know it after Garth covers it. But I honestly could say that if there was one song that I thought that it was that actually made me start to enjoy classic rock, it was this song right here. 
And if anybody says that at least once in their life they haven't heard it and played air guitar to the beginning uh, opening <laughs> to this song, they're lying to you flat out. <laughs> this right. song will withstand the test of time for sure. And everybody will know those opening chords, like for sure. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. Um, and I, I mean that in the best way. Like this song is what really helped me enjoy this album that Garth did. I love it to death. How about you, Auntie? So like you guys, I also talk about the opening music. The opening music in Garth's cover of this song is great. It's a terrific throwback to the original. The minute it starts, you know what song it is, just like you said. But I have to be honest, after that, Garth's version starts to lose me. And again, it's probably because I struggle with songs that I love being covered. It's just a thing with me. Yeah. So this one almost seems, I I don't know, like too bouncy or something, (laughs) like something (laughs) in the music, I get kind of, and then the background vocals come in and on the original, the background vocals stand alone when they say, you know, that one snippet of life in the fast lane, you know, the background guys say that it stands alone. And it does on Garth's too. But for some reason on Garth's version, it sounds almost too loud or something like I can't put my finger on it, but it's something about that. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But the original, it's just a classic. Like there's a reason why it's called a classic. And so I can't, this is probably the one I struggle the most with. Garth did a great job. And I think it makes sense that he covered this song. I think it's a fine cover. I just struggle with it so much because I love the original so much. So I think I would love to see Garth sing this live. A- and I'll listen to it when it plays on this album. But it it's a, str- it's a struggle for me. I love you, Garth. Don't forget that. <laughs> I think that's fair, though. I I think when you really love a song, it's hard to love another version. Like, you can be like, yeah, it's good. I appreciate they did a good job. But. Exactly. There's always going to be that butt there. Yep. That butt's pretty big right there for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big butt. But I love you, Garth. That, that butt's really big, too. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, let's see how we all feel about song number five. Pete, what do you have for us? I get song number five, and it's a great one. It's Somebody to Love. Somebody to Love was written by Freddie Mercury and released in 1976, three years before I was born. This song is a very loud, in-your-face song with all the different instruments in the background. And the one thing I noticed in Garth's cover is that the areas of the song and the lyrics that are long and drug out, Garth really does a great job with those lyrics. And that's not something that you get a lot in country music or that you get a lot in, in Garth music. And I thought he did a great job with it. That shows that Garth's range and talent to be able to go from low to high key. And then also I notice 
a lot in this song that the lyrics get really soft and then bam, they're right back in your face. And I, I find that that keeps me engaged and interested in the song. You know, and we've referred to it in other ones, you know, where there's certain lyrics and or, you know, instrument chords like that's what does it for me in this song. It's a song that uh, I was not familiar with before. Like I when I heard Gar singing on the cover, I was like, I, you know, I think maybe I might have heard it a few times, but I didn't know the lyrics. And then listening to it w- with Gar's covers, I'll listen to it and it comes on. I'm not like, you know, I don't know all the lyrics to it. But it's not one that I would skip or fast forward through. Like, I enjoy listening to it. I did go back and try to compare the two, the original, and then obviously Garth's when I was doing the research on it. I couldn't get through the original. Like, I, I couldn't. I'm sorry, Auntie. I'm sorry. I couldn't get through the original. <laughs> oh, sorry. We are going to be absolute opposites on this review. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> even born. I just couldn't get. So I, I kept going back to Garth's and listening to it. I, you know, like I tell you about like how like how the, like it goes out and then it comes back like where it would kind of grab me. Like I noticed that in the Garth version and that I think is what kept me listening to the song to be able to do the research. But like on the other one, I know that it's there, but there was something that just kind of like it just flatlined for me. There was nothing that drew me into it. And I'm sorry. It's a great song. Don't get me wrong. It just I couldn't. I had to keep going back to the Garth one. So that's uh and now i'm gonna get yelled at and deb what do you got oh my god i'm so close to disowning you (laughs) oh my god oh my god okay so queen is revered in my house like even my kids who my youngest is 17 even she knows all of queen's songs it's what we listen to it's one of the things i pride myself the most on the fact that my kids know queen songs that's how much this song means to me So my review of the last song was pretty rough, and I will just say that my review of this song would be even rougher if I allowed myself to do it, but I won't because the thing is I cannot be objective about anyone covering this song. Nope, I can't. I just can't be objective. I think Garth does a perfectly fine job covering it. I think his vocals are super strong. Especially like Pete mentioned, when he goes up and he holds that super high note on, you know, find somebody to love and the love goes on forever. I can appreciate his abilities and his skill. And I think the musicians did a fantastic job. But the original is absolutely it for me. That's all. End of story. Who's queen? Wait, what? Who's queen? (laughs) Did I skip ahead? No. Somebody to love. Yeah, I don't know. Who, who's Queen? What's Queen? Like Trisha Yearwood Queen? The band Queen that performs Somebody to Love. You honestly had me thinking I was talking about the wrong song. How do you not know that the original singers of this song were Queen? I don't know. It said written by Freddie Mercury and released in 1976. Oh my God. How do you not know, who, know Freddie who Freddie Mercury is? Was he part of Queen? <laughs> I thought it was just some dude with a cool name. Pete, you're killing me. <laughs> the top of my head has just exploded off. I'm like that emoji. <laughs> it just exploded. I apparently didn't raise you right. No, you did. You got me into Garth. That's all that matters. But hold on. Okay, so Freddie Mercury wrote the song, right? <sighs> right? Yeah, I didn't get yeah, that wrong, did yeah. I? No. Okay. no. And he's part of Queen? Yeah. 
And Queen's a band that originally sang the song. Yes. Oh, Do you know the song We Are the Champions? We are the You champ- know Queen. That's oh, Queen. See, I'm a fucking fan. Don't <laughs> you? <laughs> All right. Let's go see what Jess has to say about this song. Oh, Lord, y'all are killing me. Okay. Um, this is another another iconic intro, another song I really love. It was different to hear Garth sing in that octave, but I think he nailed it. I think the theatrics of the song and the way that it builds actually really suits Garth's style. The ending, the way that they did the end, the layers of find me somebody to love sounds different, sounds very different to me than the original. It's more, more, I don't know if it's more feminine or just more falsetto somehow, but I didn't dislike it but i noticed that it was very different whereas a lot of the other classic covers are very close to the original i noticed that that was very different but more than any other point in the song that's where i saw it and but other than that i'm i mean i'm glad that it made the album i think it was a lot of fun i like queen but i'm not such a big fan that i have a hard time listening to i get your point deb like there are songs that i love so much that even as much as I love Garth, I would never be like, you should cover that song. So I'll be like, nobody should ever cover it's that song. It's almost blasphemy. There's Garth songs that I'm like, nobody should ever cover this Garth song because no one's going to ever do it justice. So I get it. I totally do. But uh, Pete, I'm a year younger than you and I know who Queen is and I know this song. So that's no excuse. I don't know. Hey, I know we are the champions. Okay. I'm a Queen fan now. I get it. <laughs> all right. That's all I got on that one, guys. Okay, guys, that wraps up our discussion of the first five classic rock songs on Garth's classic rock cover album from his Blame It All on My Roots box set. Have you checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by and leave us a comment or a show idea. While you're there, go ahead and sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of the website. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Do you listen on Apple Podcasts? If so, stop by there now and give us a rating and write up a quick review to let us know how we're doing. If you're in a Garth Brooks fan page on Facebook, don't forget to share us there. Help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. Yep, and speaking of friends in low places, you could always find us on our social media pages. If you're on Facebook, we are at www.facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. If you guys use Twitter and or Instagram more than Facebook, you can find us on those two platforms at GarthologyCast. We appreciate the shares, the tweets, the likes, and the interaction. It's a lot of fun with you fans, and we really look forward to more of it in the future. Be sure to join us for our next episode of Garthology, where we'll be covering the second half of classic rock covers from the Blame It All on My Roots box set. That will be Season 2, Episode 24, and will be available on your podcast platform of choice on September 17th. Until then, this has been Season 2, Episode 23 of Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Have you checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by and leave us a comment or leave us a...
<laughs> just like that. Leave us one of those. Leave us that too, whatever that was. <laughs>